Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the hosts never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working Interferences with Josh and Lance, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. I think it's time to blow this thing, get everybody in the stuff together. Okay, three, two, one, it's jam. Here is Josh and Lance. Bruz, what is up? Welcome to the Working Interferences Podcast, a dental advice show. I am Joshua Austin. And I am Lance Timmerman. Lance, I don't know much about your sort of personal history. I don't know. It's bad. It's terrible. I'm pretty sure you've only been married once, right? As far as I know. Okay. Now, is I'm also assuming that you had girlfriends before Holly, yeah? Allegedly. Okay. At any point, did like an ex-girlfriend and Holly meet? Uh, oh, she, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of every man's worst fear. It's horrible. Right? It, it was terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I'm, I must have. It must be a psychic block because now I, I had to think about it. But yeah, yeah. And, it's terrible. And let, let's be honest. It's <laughs> not because we think they're going to fight with each other. No. It's because we think they're going to like commiserate about how horrible we exactly. are as, as, they as they mates. They know all the flaws. They know all the flaws. Right. It's it's like yeah. So I've got one of those situations going right now, Lance. <laughs> we have a very special guest tonight uh-huh. um, making his, I believe, second podcast appearance on any dental podcast for the last eight or nine months, probably. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. W- we have my former uh, co-host and partner of the Accidental Geniuses, the one, the only, the two-time Jim Rome Jungle Smack-Off Award winner, the great Dr. Michael Detola. Mike, what is up? I was a little confused where that opening story was was going, and it actually it was a little disappointing when you when yeah. you said you had something good. I thought it was going to be between your fiance and an ex girlfriend. I thought what a great way to start the show. I had no idea that uh, it was to introduce me and my new uh, podcast, Protrusive Interferences. Uh, <laughs> You're thinking scissors, right? It's kind of more antero posterior than you guys are, more b- backwards and forwards. Right. But uh, yeah, it's nice to be on, and uh, thanks for thanks for having me. And uh, that's funny. I, I really didn't know where that story was going. I, I thought I thought there was going to be something. I was trying to think if I had ever had that happen in my life. I just I didn't I didn't get where that was going, and I'm a little disappointed because I'd, I'd like to hear a story about somebody's current wife and their ex girlfriend. I was going to say you, you've you've been married before, and. And I would assume you've been with Lindsay long enough now that at some point probably there's been some interaction between Lindsay and was it Jody? Yeah, no, there really there really hasn't been. It's just been like at kids soccer games and and stuff like that. But there hasn't really been anything significant. In fact, I always think it's weird. Um, and I'll, I'll just throw out our friend Alan Miller, who you know, Josh. You know, we were at a Fourth of July party at his house, uh, whatever that was, two years ago, and. Um, it turns out that his current fiance, he just got engaged, um, and his ex-wife are very, very good friends. And that 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 actually seems like you could argue that's just almost as weird as just having them kind of yeah. bump into each something where now they're like going to lunch together. And I think both part of the business, maybe, maybe both part of the laser business or something like that as well. So, 
Yeah, it's. I, I really do think that's. More, I'm not war, like if my ex-wife Christy and Andrea were ever in the same room. I don't really think I. I'm not worried about them fighting or like getting in some sort of weird slap battle or something. I really am worried about them talking about like all the stupid shit that I do or how you curve below the belt. A little bit to the left, right. a little bit. It's not. A, it's not a disease yet. Mm-hmm. There's just. There's not. We is peronis. Like we, we, peronis is not a disease. I, it's it's just a dysfunction. Maybe? Dysfunction. Yeah. No, it's okay. peronis disease. We, we did a big breakdown of uh, <laughs> something called peronis disease, which I think you're familiar with from <laughs> from listening to Loveline back in the day. Yeah, I mean, well, that was. Uh, remember the day when? Remember when America was such a nice place that. That was the biggest story was Bill Clinton had Peroni's disease. Yeah. <laughs> now, now we have Trump like self dictating his own medical reports. And, um, you know, we, we, we've, it's just gotten to such a state that that almost seems it's quaint. That, yeah. Him, <laughs> him using a, a an intern as a humidor seems like the good old days now. I mean, it, <laughs> it, it seems so much worse now. Oh, geez. Well, <laughs> You know, speaking of of erotic things, before the podcast started, I was uh, enjoying one of my last Easter treats. I was enjoying a Cadbury cream egg, uh, which is by far the most erotic of all the (laughs) Easter candies. And it's got uh, left nothing on a, peeps, man. Left a little string of that white filling across my uh, my lip and down my chin, and uh, it was weird. I have yeah, to say, yeah. it was very strange, very strange uh, candy experience uh, with that. So that you know, that's the 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 cigar humidor kind of deal, and the and the the Cadbury cream egg uh, cream across the face. It's it's all you know about. Um, Sexualizing things that probably shouldn't be sexualized. Well, we've all been there. <laughs> Have we? Yeah, Have we all been there? Mike is being very silent on yeah. the other end. We're talking about this. A bit. I was trying to. I was trying to remember if I've ever actually had a Cadbury cream egg. I don't think I've ever tried it. But do you remember that? Uh, you remember that gum freshen up from when we were kids? Oh, I don't I, remember I do. that. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, you got to be like my age, like over 50. I don't think you're that old Lance, but, um, <laughs> I'm getting there. I'm close. It was I'm a, close. it was a square piece of gum. And when uh-huh. you, when you bit into it, there was a lick, a, dis, a disarming <laughs> and kind of a scary liquid explosion in your mouth yes. that, uh, I think that's how they described it was an explosion in your mouth. I don't, yeah. I don't know if they actually <laughs> put it in that literal terms, but it was, uh, <laughs> It was shocking. It was one of those things that you thought you would get used to and you never quite did. And that's why it's not no longer around and you don't recognize it, uh, Josh. Yeah, I, I don't remember a gum that uh, that uh, explodes uh, in your mouth as you as you put it in there. Huh. I, I don't know if I want to know anything about that, to be honest with you. Uh, well, well, boys, this is an advice show. We Sometimes. answer questions. So we try. We really try. <laughs> we answer questions we find in all those neat little dental Facebook groups. We answer questions from reddit we strive to help dentists and dental team members with our own unique brand of advice so please listeners we need your questions they are the sustenance we crave you can submit your questions to working interferences at gmail.com and we got a doozy of a question yesterday that came from a hygienist that I'm going to have to sit and do some dissection on because it was probably 1,200 words. Yeah, that was a big, big email. Um, and there are some great moments in that. And so I'm going to have to figure out a way to sort of condense that down a little bit. 
And we would have done that tonight, but I just, I'm going to need like a drafting table oh. <laughs> and an exacto knife to really get down and, and get this question to, to where it needs to be. Is, so, the, but, is the wall of your office going to look like a scene from Homeland where you've got like all these pieces is. of paper and then all the strings connecting it together? Yeah, the red, the red twine from like, uh, from headshot to headshot. I, where do they get those like amazing headshots of people? It's, it's crazy. Hey, can I ask a question um, before we answer yeah. the first letter? Did either of you guys see that movie? Uh, a Quieter Place or A Quiet Place, the John Krasinski horror movie? Oh, I, I haven't. Oh, okay. No. It's on my list. All right. It is on my list. I love Emily Blunt. I saw Avengers. Well, there, there's just something <laughs> in that movie that I have not. It's getting super high ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's like in the 90s. And there's something so annoying and so stupid in that movie. I, I don't even want to bring it up because I want to see if you guys... <laughs> See it on your okay. own because it's it's driven me absolutely crazy. And the two people that I saw it with were just like, "Oh come on, Th- this would never happen." This would, and it's kind of like that Homeland thing. Um, and it's something in there that I can't believe that every critic is not mentioning. I, I have seen one or two articles online where people talk about it. But all right, I'll check back with you guys after you see it. Yeah, I was gonna say let's <laughs> okay. we'll we'll bring you back on after we both see it. I might I might uh-huh. actually go see it this weekend. I've got a, a gig and then I've got a, like six hours of nothing before an event that night. So Perfect. Um, I might go see it in Santa Fe, New Mexico this weekend. Oh enjoy. Let's see. Uh where was I? Okay. Yeah that's <laughs> right. <laughs> we uh so we want your questions. Please continue to send us questions. Julianne we're gonna get to your question i promise it's just going to take me a little while to to winnow that thing down to uh, to something we can work with uh but we don't want just any question do we lance no we don't want a bunch of boring questions like what's the best crown material of all time because we all know that cap tech is the greatest crown material <laughs> of all time it will never fail um it's certainly the most fun to cut off it's it's the only oh you know, it's by the best it's the only I, I will in fact i'll put this out there right now i will come to any dentist's office for free and cut off cap tech crowns because it's it's that's what i do to Unwind. My favorite part is most of the time you don't even have to touch the crown with the burr. It's like it's like it's French. It just surrenders and jumps right into your hand. You don't even have to <laughs> touch it. The, the the air the waves of the air as the the two hundred thousand RPM as the burr coming towards it is enough to shatter the porcelain. It is. It is, and it just it immediately surrenders. It's fun. It's it's great fun. We want the tough questions. We want the questions that Gordon Christensen cannot answer. Mike, how, how many Glidewell crown? How many uh, uh, CapTech crowns did did Glidewell do? Was Glidewell in on the CapTech craze? Oh yeah, we were we were in um, big time. And you know what? You know it had uh, it had strength issues, and it's not easy to bond you know porcelain to twenty two karat gold. In fact, the exact opposite is true. It's really easy to bond to you know base metals, and it's exactly the opposite for those kind of metals. So there was this cap bond material to get it to stick. But you have to remember this was pre Emacs. This was pre-zirconia. This was pre-everything. And so it, it really was an aesthetic alternative to your traditional gray metal coping PFM with a metal margin that might show up. And so it, it had its place because of its they aesthetics. They looked really but, good. Yeah. But yes, it, it... They really did look good it, they, until they... They never shattered. addressed the until strength issue. Yeah, exactly. And so it... Um, of course, when Emacs came along and then solid zirconia, it became you know very quickly um, not important and, and, and people weren't using it anymore. But yeah, we were definitely the number one, the number one, you know, lab in the world doing CapTech. It was a big product for, product for us at the time. Hmm. It's interesting that you went from CapTech to then Bruxer, which is just like, it's like a massive over, not an overcorrection, but it's like, you definitely like sort of 
we're trying to correct the the skid, so to speak, and like steering in the opposite direction or whatever, you know? You went from really, really pretty to more brawn than beauty. <laughs> nice, Lance. And you can, you can tell that Dennis kind of, you know, suffered through that as well, or else there wouldn't have been this massive migration to this product where essentially essentially Dennis for, for no reason trusted Glidewell even though we'd sold him other products like Wolseram that had kind of fallen apart too uh, but I really do think it comes down to in terms of branding I think the video that we made of hitting the PFM and the Bruxer crown with the sledgehammer really did a lot to kind of, it wasn't science in any way, shape or form, nothing even, not in the same neighborhood, but it it was something memorable and something where dentists were like, well, God, that looks, that looks pretty strong. Oh, yeah. Because if you hit a gold crown, you know, with a sledgehammer, it does the same thing, although it might, although it might bend. So yeah, I do, I do think that kind of like how punk rock was a reaction to, um, yeah, to disco. cock rock, yeah, to disco and just long haired bands playing fifteen minute solos. Uh, right. I, I think that this is the pendulum, like you said, swinging the opposite direction. And frankly, it does probably need to come back more in the middle because you know, at this point, a single unit's or conia crown at a millimeter thicker is definitely probably a little bit stronger than it needs to be, especially when you go to cut them off. Yeah. Yeah. The pendulum can swing much like Mr. Belvedere's pendulous <laughs> testicles, which we talked about last week on the show and still makes me laugh today. It oh does. my God. Or Robin Quiver's pendulous breasts, as she has described them on Howard Stern's show oh. before. Oh, I hadn't. Okay. I didn't think about that were for pendulous. Wow. I can't hear pendulous without thinking of that, Josh. Kind of, kind of like Josh and I look at each other. Um, Every time somebody says, if I had my druthers, Josh and I look (laughs) at each other because of Wheeler Walker Jr. and his filthy country songs. Oh, God. Lance is a a fan. I'm such a fan. Okay, good, good. (laughs) So we have a a, a good show tonight. We've got three Reddit questions. We've done this from time to time where we have all three of our questions tonight are from Reddit because, quite frankly, those are almost everyone's (laughs) favorites. They are the best. Question number one, Reddit user Ronan Kenpachi writes... Any dentist with shaky hands? Hey guys, I'm an aspiring dental student who suffers from Crohn's disease. I was wondering if any dentist in here have shaky hands due to caffeine or medications. For me, it's medication that I'm on to help control my flares. Hmm. I was trying to see if anyone had a solution towards it. Lance, do you have shaky hands? In fact, I do. I, I, really? <laughs> that was the re- actually the reason why I got into sleep apnea because I was like, oh shit, I'm like a terrible dentist and I'm going to kill someone. So I better have an alternative. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I uh, years ago, I had an assistant who was working interview because I'm always hiring. And I, um, she didn't take the job because she thought I was a danger to the public. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> It's really bad. <laughs> um, it's it's not that bad, I thought, but yeah, they they shake some from time to time. But as soon as I put a bird to a tooth, it stops. It's weird. That sounds like the guy who has had a couple drinks and says, "Just get behind, just get me behind the wheel, and I'll be okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no one's died yet. Well, I it, it, what is shaky hand seems like a natural for endo though, doesn't it? I mean, if if you could just like you know kind of control it with working files and things like that, it seems like. I don't know uh-huh. that that up and down kind of reciprocal motion would be yeah. uh, a good idea. Once you get to cleaning and shaping, your goal. Right. Well, you're totally the, the craziest thing is, is so is, is, on all seriousness, uh, everything's fine. And then as I put an endophile to the to, to the uh, orifice, and I said orifice, I it's just like shakes like um, well, 
something and uh, like a mexican space shuttle something like that <laughs> okay so it's terrible for endo but it's great when i masturbate oh there you go oh so we're it, it's actually going like three inches at a time while it's while it's shaking <laughs> two and a half okay yeah. Yeah. Is, wow is, was what, that something you noticed in dental school? yeah was this in dental school is this something that you that you've seen for a while or did it just kind of start it started actually about about two or three years after dental school. And we, we figured, I, I used to, you know, if you look at old pictures on Facebook, I was like actually cut and like in shape. And now I'm just a big fat slob. But at the time, I was taking a bunch of um, ephedra-based supplements. So I, I chalked it up to the caffeine and, and all that kind of stuff. But every once in a while, I'll see, th- uh, it'll like come back. And um, it, it's just kind of, it, it's not every procedure and not, it's not all day. And just, it's just random. And then it will be, it'll be weeks and, and then it'll happen again. So it does happen for me. So the the, the person posing the question, uh, shaky hands. I guess it, I I don't have experience with the Crohn's disease and, and all that, but um, y- you can overcome in some instances the the shaky hand issue. Mike, do you have a shaky hand? Um, you know, I the only time I remember that um, happening was in the midst of Ironman training when I would work out with my trainer. And we'd be do we do like a heavy lifting day. I started to notice that, you know, I would lift from say seven to eight and then and then get to work around, you know, shower and get to work around eight thirty. And if we had a patient right then where I was doing some preps, I did notice that my hands, my left hand wasn't as stable as like it would normally be. So it wasn't like I would take the hand piece away and see it shaking in space if I tried to look at it, like couldn't hold it still. But I was definitely not as steady. And I think there was a little bit of shaking there. And so we stopped, um, we stopped doing as heavy weights as we were doing. And I, and I moved it to an earlier slot in the morning and tried to do it on days where I wouldn't be doing a big prep right, um, in the morning. So I definitely noticed it, but as soon as I, um, you know, stopped lifting like that, then it, it wasn't happening anymore. But, uh, I wonder what that medication is for, uh, for colitis. I, I can't think of too many, um, medications where one of the side effects is your hands shaking besides meth. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say like Adder, like snorting Adderall would be, would probably be one. I haven't noticed it. Could- when you do a line, um, we had this, we had this faculty member in, in operative when I was in dental school, who was, he was, he was a, a, just a great guy. His name was Tom Marshall. Everyone loved him. Super nicest, sweetest guy. And he was, he had to have been in his early to mid eighties. He was an old guy. He was really tall, like six foot seven. He had, uh, uh, played high school basketball and John Wooden was his high school basketball coach. Like before John Wooden went to become a, oh, uh, wow. a college basketball coach. Yeah. So this, he was just a great guy and he, and he, you know, he had pictures of him and John Wooden all over his office and he was just, he was just a great, great guy and his hand would shake like a mother. <laughs> But when a handpiece went in it, and like you said, when a burr was going towards a tooth, I don't know, man, that shit just like locked down and that guy could prep like nobody's business. And like all the videos that we had that were, here's how you prep a class two, they were all done by Tom Marshall. He was the guy. He had like the best hands. They weren't great hands until gloves went on and a (laughs) handpiece went towards a tooth. Outside of that, you think like, oh my God, this guy's going to demolish everything. But then once it like, once he put his mind on it and and was like, okay, now we're in prep mode. That thing just went like smooth as butter. It was the craziest thing. And everybody would notice it. Everybody was watch his hands. Like, as he was trying to like put the burr in the handpiece and all that kind of stuff. But then when it came time to start cutting teeth, that has a whiz. Hmm. So 
I, I don't know. I, there must be something to that because you said the same thing. It's like as soon as, you know, the hands are a little shaky, but then when it's time to actually like put the bird of the tooth, yeah. like locks in. That'd be a fun video to make of a dentist who couldn't actually get the burr in the handpiece because he was shaking so much <laughs> and literally just knocking everything over. But as soon as you get that handpiece in his hand, he's just brilliant. But it, it seems like I remember in dental school learning that there was two different kinds of tremors, like an intention tremor. Uh-huh, and I, yeah. I don't remember what the what the other ones is there, was. Is there an essential tremor? I don't know. I don't, I, don't, sure. I don't remember what the other one was. I just remember the the intention one. Like it was yeah. like it. I think it's doing it as you're getting ready to do something, but maybe not yeah. when you're actually doing it. You know what I mean? Like once you have that physical mm-hmm. contact between the burr and the tooth, then you're kind of grounded again. Versus when your hands just kind of out in space. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the way I described. It. I remember the intention tremors being the thing, and, and that's exactly the way I described it. Was everything was fine as soon as I tried to put that damn endophile in the orifice, I just it couldn't couldn't get there. What do you think? So you, we probably shouldn't recommend that he just stops taking his colitis medication. I generally yeah, they, avoid that. <laughs> we're gonna then then the next question is next week is gonna be like the the team hates me because I'm literally demolishing the toilet four times a day. <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't think he's making it there. I think it's yeah. I think it's oh, um, yeah we're. I, I just noticed uh, I was in Costco the other day and um, they sell huge boxes of Depends, like these big, big oh. industrial sized boxes. <laughs> and the, the model that they had on the front of the box modeling them was like way younger than I thought she should have been. And I thought maybe this is maybe this is something that's starting to skew down kind of uh, in age. But considering that scrubs aren't very form fitting, I bet you could get away with wearing those under your scrubs if you had to like take the medication down by a half or something like that. But I don't know enough about colitis to know what happens if you don't take that medication. Hmm. I think they, they've had Lisa Rinna. Do you know who Lisa Rinna is? I do, yeah. I do, yeah. She's been, I think she's a spokesperson for, for Depends. Is Let's she? see how old Lisa Rinna is. She's Lisa like 46. 54. Oh, shit, Looking really? for 54, yeah. Wow, she looks great. Um, let's see, let's look, let's Lisa Rinna Depends. Let's see what comes up. <laughs> Mike, is, is that like a sign that you know you're getting older when the model on the Depends box is younger than you are? I guess so, and maybe that's what it was. It was, um, it was an African-American woman because, you know, you got to be politically correct and allow her sure. to have those same types of issues. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the new Lisa Renna tries the new Depends silhouette for women. So it's kind of like Depends, but sort of like a, a, a uh, what do they call it? Like a boy short right. kind of panty. Um, why are they trying to make these sexy? You know, the closest, the, <laughs> the, closest make this sexy. the closest I actually came to wearing those were Lindsay and I used to go to Coachella every year. And it's it's just oh, a no. hassle to go to <laughs> yeah. the porta potties. You're kind of waiting in line to see like arcade fire, and you got to get there like four bands early. And to lo- to have to leave and go to the porta potty and come back again, uh, it just makes sense to wear something like that. And frankly, you're in a desert with like eight percent humidity, so most of it's going to even evaporate before it gets to the diaper <laughs> itself. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, I, I, actually, had a, I had a buddy in dental school, he, and he was from Chicago. He'd go to the Cubs games, and he just, uh, to get the best seats in the bleachers, uh, he just wore his diaper, it depends, and uh, and just stayed there while everybody else uh, migrated away. So I love baseball, and I don't love it that much. <laughs> <laughs> I've done crazy things to go to baseball games. I, I will not well, use the bathroom in just my you, pants. Just you wait. You're just too young. 
I guess so. I had a patient today, actually, who, who kind of was tremory, who was actually a dentist. I had a, a patient who's a pediatric dentist here in town. And he's kind of an older guy. And like was that the guy that dresses up as Spider-Man on uh, Halloween? No, it was not. We actually joked about him today, actually. I said something about that guy, and he was like, oh, what a joke. Like, So apparently all the pediatric dentists make fun of that guy, oh, which is which makes me laugh. Wow. Uh, and uh, this guy is like his kids are are, are pediatric dentists in the office now, so he kind of does a lot of admin stuff, sort of manages the practice. But he's got he's kind of some health issues. He's a good good guy, but had some health issues, and he's kind of tremory, like like he had sort of a sort of a tick kind of thing with his jaw, like he had a hard time holding open, and and so he had kind of fractured a cusp off, and so we were gonna we we're gonna do a crown on him, and so I kind of went over all the stuff with him, you know, like uh, you know, right, we're gonna put some some topical benzocaine on. I'll do an infiltration with articaine. I'll just take my high uh, high volume evacuation while I prep uh, the tooth, my electric high speed handpiece, and you know I'm gonna have the lab fabricate like a monolithic Emax crown that will bond in with resin cement. And he just looked at me like stone, like he had no idea what I was talking about. And it's like, oh wait a second, <laughs> you're you're a pediatric dentist, so I'm gonna put some strawberry jelly on your gums, and I'm gonna put a little sleepy juice right in <laughs> right by your tooth, and then uh, I'll give you the Mister Thirsty to take away all the water while I Perfect. clean out all the tooth bugs with my whirly bird, and then we'll give your tooth a big hug with a pretty white hat for your new tooth and uh, and then he knew exactly what i was talking about at that point so, by the way i guess you, it's you're not supposed to say sleepy juice anymore after this whole cosby thing I, I, oh is that that is out yeah, yeah. And i don't i we i don't want to like give away this great of an idea but here it comes and this will probably win you guys like a, a media award or whatever the dental podcast awards are that they give it at the end of the year i'm guessing they're named <laughs> after alan mead but um how about we do another one of these where we discuss a quiet place movie and Let's all wear Depends and let's down a huge glass of water at the beginning of it. And then two thirds of the way down, let's let's take it for a little road trip and see how we do. I'm, I'm I'd actually be down. Okay. I'd yeah, actually be down. Right. Thank God for Amazon because I can Amazon and I don't have to actually go to the store to buy them. Oh, really? I'm going and, straight to Walgreens right after this and I'm going to buy it like, ha- in bulk. When you go to buy something like that, inevitably, <laughs> the the person who checks you out will be smoking so hot. hot. So hot. Smoking hot yeah. every time. Yeah. And what if she knowingly looks down at her jeans like she's wearing them too? <laughs> then you've did, then you yes, got a perfect just, love connection right there at moment. CBS. The, tr- the trick is you buy the Depends and the condoms at the same time. Like I am into some <laughs> weird stuff. Like I'm just, don't even ask. Like Christian Grey has got nothing okay. on what I am about to do with my betrothed. Um, I kinda, yeah, that's, I'm kind of scared. I would be scared too. <laughs> um, so this guy needs to be like an oral pathologist, right? Yeah, that's the best thing. Yeah, He's a dental student. He still has time. Um, I mean, he could be he a can. pediatric dentist. Yeah, ortho. Pediatric he dentist, could be ortho and have his staff. Yeah, working. ortho. Ortho would be good. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Here's somebody said something like uh, like what Mike said here on Reddit. Angular uh, Angular Kelitis, which is a great Reddit name. I can't speak towards shakiness due to meds, but the other morning I finished a workout with hundred pound kettlebell snatches, um, which. I don't call your girlfriend uh, that. That's uh, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, anything with snatches is, yeah. yeah. And definitely had the shakes when giving my injections all day. Uh, I just tried to find a decent rest where I could, uh, extending the peaking finger, pinky feel, pinky of the hand holding the syringe to the hand that was retracting to find a little more stability and took the same mindset when I'm target shooting. Embrace the flow of your natural movement and squeeze the trigger with confidence when you're aimed at the right spot. This is definitely a humble brag for the <laughs> 100 pound kettlebell snatches, right? 100 pound kettlebell? 
Yeah, huh. that's um, I can cl- I, I can clean and jerk that, but I can't <laughs> snatch it. That's the thing. <laughs> Who came up with these terms? <laughs> Gross no. pervs. It had yeah. to have been. Oh man, I'm all about the uh, jerk, but not good at the snatch. Let's see. It says here. Oh, he does. The uh, Ronin Kenpachi comes back in and says he's taking corticosteroids for the um, for the Crohn's, and he's also on biologics, uh, which I don't. I, I guess some sort of biologic therapy. I don't know. Or is that like the Activa that yogurt where Jamie Lee Curtis poops? I, that's one of Mike's best bits. Uh, yeah, that is. That's kind of that's that's funny how I get into that too. I uh, I compare it to uh, Activity, the Activia, the uh, restorative material from Pulp Dent, and that gets me into the Activia jokes. That's kind of the link to uh, be able to tell that joke. Yeah, Lance probably hasn't seen that, but he would appreciate all the detail I did into the research of their eat it for five days and you'll move your bowels or you get your money back, which turns out to be twelve dollars maximum. <laughs> Perfect. It turns out it's a lot more expensive to go to the uh, hospital to have surgery done for that fecal impaction because you ate nothing but yogurt for five days. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Someone angular chelitis also said, find a hobby that helps with your fine motor control, painting miniatures or something. Uh, he replies, would fixing cell phones count? I've been practicing that. Um, huh, that's really? a weird hobby to get into. It really is. Know. Um, yeah, be an oral pathologist. To me, oral pathology is always like, that's the specialty of like, oh my God, I've made a horrendous mistake. <laughs> Do you guys know what the, you guys know what the last ADA approved specialty was? It was like 10 years ago. Was it oral no. path was oral it, medicine? I, I thought it was radiology. Yeah, it was oral and maxillofacial radiology. Okay. Because God yeah. forbid we have a recognized implantology specialty. Right, right. That, that's just right out. Or cosmetics. Right. Or, yeah, yeah. Or dental anesthesiology. Yeah. Or, or, or maxillofacial radiology would probably be pretty good because you can sit by a pool and just read freaking comb beam CTs all day. Like, that's a sweet gig. What they really Turn should be up. is somebody who comes to your office for when you're doing endo and your assistant takes nine x-rays and can't get the apex and any of the PAs that she's trying to take, they should come in and actually take that working file picture for you so you can get to the end of the procedure. That actually would be good. It's just sort of like a, a uh, it's like a shotgun approach to, to radiation at that point. I don't think Alara applies when you're just shotgun uh, peppering the patient with, with radiation from the, the shaky hand all over the place. Yeah. So Ronan Kimpachi, uh, we gave you a couple specialties that you might be good at. Um, that might be a, a good idea. Uh, don't stop, stop taking your Crohn's disease medication. That's not going to be a good day for anybody. No. Anybody. All right, let's go on to, uh, to question number two. Question number two comes from uh, Reddit user Gondolin. Honest question. Where can I sell my extracted wisdom teeth? I heard you could sell them. Just don't know if it's a thing. If it is, where can I? I got four teeth extracted. Mike, do you have any idea where he could sell his <laughs> extracted wisdom teeth? No, but I have two kind of um, shameful stories regarding um, regarding oh, extracted no. teeth. One was, uh, <laughs> I believe I was at your alma mater speaking, um, Josh, before I ever knew you. Um, I, I think, did they put on... They put on CE programs there, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A guy named Bill Butler used to do. So all I was that. speaking there, and um, I was just killing time before the lecture. So I was walking around the school, and um, I walked into one room, and uh, they just had spread out on this one table uh, hundreds 
and hundreds of really nice extracted teeth that I don't, they, they obviously came from like the clinic. They'd been cleaned and maybe soaked in bleach, but they were, I was just like, Oh my God, because I always wanted, I love having extracted teeth to play around with. And I knew my lecture started in like 20 minutes and I just couldn't help myself. I grabbed two big handfuls and put them in my pants pockets of my suit and then went into the room and like snuck it into my bag. And then I started wondering, you know, are are they going to check my bag for body parts when I leave? But they didn't. So I feel bad about that. And the other one was I needed extracted teeth and I went online, started searching and I found this guy who was selling extracted teeth that was through a Canadian address and you could order anterior teeth by cuspids or molar. So I ordered 200 of each. And so I ordered it and I paid for it through PayPal. And then I got a confirmation saying, um, your teeth will be there in a couple of weeks, but it was from, it was from uh, India. It wasn't from Canada. I was like, God, what's going on? And then I kind of forgot about it. And then I got this package at Glidewell and it had been delayed in customs and it came from India and but it was a big box and I couldn't quite figure out what it was and I opened it up and it was this big painting of a like a painting of a Christmas scene it had this big Christmas tree and these big ornaments on the branches of the tree and it was framed like already framed under glass to be put onto like a wall. And I was like, what the f- is this? And I'm looking at it and I can't figure it out. So I take it out of the glass frame and it wasn't a painting. It was kind of like a, a relief, like it was three dimensional. And I start pulling up on the Christmas tree and tearing it off. And underneath it was all the extracted teeth. So, oh so to God. get it, to get it through customs, they had to like hot glue gun it down in the shape of a Christmas tree. And then they made this Christmas tree <laughs> to go on top of it. So it looked like I bought a piece of artwork from India. But meanwhile, I had smuggled in body parts, you know, through <laughs> customs, which probably is a felony. And these teeth were all perfect, I think, just because the perio is so bad. And you always see those YouTube videos of like a dentist on a street in India just pulling right. somebody's teeth. And uh, I don't know if you can still do that, but I, I was really happy to have like uh, – you know, four, 400 teeth now to be able to play with. And, uh, and because they are tough to get. So I don't know how you sell them online. I'm just more familiar with how you buy them online. What would be worse customs knowing that you bought 200 extracted human teeth or that shitty piece of art? Like thinking you have horrible taste in art. I think I'd rather them think that I was like some sort of weird fetishistic, uh, like teeth guy, as opposed to like I have shitty taste in art. Yeah, that's that's true. If it would have been like a shitty album, I would have been like way more, <laughs> way more worried about it. Like who, who buys who buys the best hits of Toto? Like there's only one song. Like what? Why do you need the whole album? Just download Africa. Yeah, like if it was a Katy Perry album, I would have been I would have been really shocked. <laughs> I would have been really, I would have been really shamed, but uh, so I feel better about the two parts. I like that dig. <laughs> that is so good. Um, yeah, I, selling extracted teeth seems weird. What do you think? So you paid, you paid what a few hundred bucks for a couple hundred extracted teeth? Yeah, I think it was like, um, I think actually it was yeah, it was a hundred of each. So it was two hundred teeth, I think, for four hundred dollars. Hmm. And it was a, they were half anteriors and half molars. Uh, otherwise, I just don't know where you would, you know, get those. It's it's usually the opposite where dental students are going to like oral surgeons and they have a yeah. jar full of teeth because they need teeth for, you know, some of the projects they're going to be doing in, 
in school to kind right. of kind of set them in stone. So I guess you could sell them. I, I don't I don't know if it's legal, but you can also buy, buy them from India. It just takes a long time, and you're not sure if the teeth were given up willingly yeah, or not. Yeah, the ethics of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Andrea did an Indo course in New Jersey, uh, and they had uh, like unlimited teeth, basically. And she asked like where they got the teeth from. And they would not answer her. They were very uh, effusive about the answer. They would not uh, give her, you know, any sort of specifics about where these buckets and buckets of teeth for Indo. A lot of times you take an Indo course, they want you to bring your own teeth. Mm-hmm. Which is, oh, forget that. Like, I'm not messing around with that. They want you to access it beforehand. Like, you give me pre-homework? Come on. Right, no, right. No, 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 no. I'm not doing I don't. I don't care that much. Uh, about Indo. I guess that's what dental students are using them for now. Do we have, have they created teeth, uh, like model teeth that c- they can do Indo on without needing extracted teeth? Steve Buchanan makes them, but they're really expensive, but they have, okay. they have three dimensional canals on the inside of them. And, um, it, they're pretty impressive, but they're expensive and they aren't meant to be mounted in stone, but I guess you could probably, um, mount them in stone. You know what I always worried, uh, wondered about was I did a class a couple of years ago at the CDA meeting here in Anaheim where it was called the anatomical basis for local anesthesia. And we actually had half of a cadaver head and you were giving lower blocks and other injections and then doing dissections to see where the tip of the needle was in relation to where you wanted it to go. And it was being taught by one of my classmates from UOP. And I was asking him where you get cadaver heads and how much they were. Did you know a cadaver head's only $600? That seems really? very like a low amount of money. And do you know? I'll take two. Exactly. And the, <laughs> and the big place where, um, where you get most of them is this place in Phoenix, which to me is just the worst city in the world. That's got horrible. The dry ice bills have got to be off the charts. And if the power goes out, that whole state is going to smell Housed. like a rotting corpse. This is a Chicago. This is a Chicago business. This needs to be a right, Chicago Alaska. business. Didn't yeah. Walt Disney have his head cryogenically frozen in Arizona? That's the one I worked on. Was his? Oh, okay. so the family the, <laughs> that makes sense. You're an Anaheim. The family must be hurting for money sense. because I I could tell this was a really anti-Semitic half of a head that I had <laughs> because of the swastika carved right behind the ear, kind of hidden from view. If there was hair there. Oh, like gave it away. Sure. Okay. Did you guys see last month's Dentistry Today, Steve Buchanan's article about that real-time cone beam accessing of teeth where he's accessing teeth uh, from the lingual no. surface instead of the occlusal? It's unbelievable. It's tracing the path for the bird to follow, and then you're kind of seeing it happen real-time. And he's making these tiny holes, and you don't even have to go on the occlusal. You can go in from like the lingual surface in the occlusal third. It, I think it was last month's Dentistry Today, and it's really amazing. Steve was one of my endo instructors in school and just keeps pushing uh, the envelope. But uh, I think one day doing always doing crowns on endo teeth is going to be a thing of the past with these tiny openings that are the size of three small occlusal composites. But very cool article if you get a chance to see it. So is it just constant radiation running the entire access? No, it, it it's the one scan that's done. And, and then three-dimensionally, three okay. the handpiece actually has some... Um, like little cameras or receptors on the end of it. So it can tell where it's going and it's constantly comparing it to the 3D scan and, tell, and telling okay. you where to go um, as you're watching the bird kind of in real time go along this scan and following this this predetermined path for you to get from wherever you pick the access point to be to where the canal orifice is in. And the most impressive thing about it is just like even on a central incisor, when you've got 
like an older patient and the uh, coronal two thirds, they showed cases like this where the coronal two thirds of the canal are totally calcified and you can't even see that single canal until the apical third. This guides you to drill all the way down through this solid piece of tooth and get to that pulp chamber wow. in the apical third to be able to go in there and do traditional endo without having to do surgery like an apico or something like that. So that that's another great use for it too, but it's, it's mind boggling to see this. And all of a sudden you can see that uh, all the technology that's been applied to implants, all of is hopefully going to start spreading to, to other things like endo and make it a, hopefully a hell of a lot easier to do. That's crazy. So, so we've Josh, established, you, will you start doing endo? No, no <laughs> yeah, right. even, even then. Uh, we've established that the going rate here for, for four wisdom teeth is about two bucks. So gondola and knock yourself out. What do you guys think the most valuable tooth is? If you're going to, if you're going to sell all your teeth, which one would get you the most? It's gotta be eight or nine, right? Sure. Yeah. Unless, um, yeah. Unless you had some weird, like anomaly on the tooth or something like that, yeah. that just made you kind of a freak in nature, but yeah, eight or nine. I used to ask that question at, at lectures, especially if there was like a hygienist or a woman in the front row, like how much, how much would I have to pay you to be able to extract like eight and nine? And those are the ones where people are like, you know, well, there's no amount of money. I mean, really? There's yeah. no amount of money mm-hmm. for $5 million. You wouldn't get those taken out and have, you know, implants put in or, or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think it'd have to be eight or nine, Josh. I think that would be the big ones. When we were doing endo in dental school and we had to use extracted teeth, it was always two rooted maxillary premolars were the sweet spot. Those were the ones that were super valuable because at some point for a competency exam, you had to do endo on an extracted tooth on a multi-rooted posterior tooth. So that meant you either found a two-rooted premolar or you had to do a molar. And so the two-rooted premolar was what everybody wanted to do. Turns out that's probably pretty stupid. Those are actually decent, could be, can be decently tough endos because you can have like crazy long, weird root trunks and stuff like that. The lower first molar is the is the way to go. That's the biggest chamber and you've got the biggest canals and whatnot. But we used to fight for maxillary first premolars that had two distinct roots on them. Was this um, preclinical? Yeah, preclinic. Yeah, like sophomore endo or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um, Yeah, so I guess he could could sell sell the tooth. Here's here's what I would do if I were Gondolin. I would start some sort of internet webpage uh, and and at target advertising towards Asian men, older Asian men, fifty five plus, uh, that ground up human enamel can give you a boner, mm. and in that case, that will make the cost of extracted human teeth go like through the freaking roof. Like, hey, you know, this is better than shark fin soup. This is better than rhino horn, whatever. You know, ground up third molar enamel is what it takes to like get your rod going north. That's a really good and idea. You create, now you've, I, I, you've I created think that's a market winner. now. Yeah. You've created a market and that's people will be, uh, oral surgeons will have no problem filling their books with with uh, wisdom teeth to, to sell to these to these. Uh, why is it? It's always Asians. It's always it's always the Asians that are willing to sacrifice whatever majestic animal, f- all in the name of getting a boner. It feels that way. Or the shark fin soup is like a huge staple at Chinese weddings. You know, it's just seen as kind of as good luck to have the shark fin soup. And it, it's become something that's become really unpopular um, in the rest of the world. But, uh, yeah, I don't. It, but they're obviously. Yeah. I mean, look at just Vi- Viagra. Have you ever sales. had it? Have you ever had shark? Have you ever had char- shark fin soup? 
No, I've just eaten dog. Um, I can't like it doesn't even sound like a sh- how much flavor could there be in a shark fin? It doesn't seem like there's anything there. It's just cartilage. Uh, there's not, but you put enough MSG on something and damn, it tastes good. <laughs> yeah, it's going to taste good. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Can you get this as uh, Whole Foods? Is this, uh... I don't think you can. I think that's kind of the opposite of what Whole Foods is looking for. <laughs> It's not next to kombucha uh, or something? Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't think it is. All right. So, Gondolin, you're going to start this rumor. You're going to start this webpage that uh, Enamel can give you a boner. And uh, we'll, we'll just sit back and wait for the orders to come in from Malaysia, from Thailand, from China, from all those places. So, I think we, we got you set up, Gondolin. We got you. All right. Our, our last question of the night um, comes from Reddit user Thick Hotel which is an interesting Reddit name. Uh, Thick Hotel asks, Dennis told me she couldn't numb both sides of my mouth because I could, quote, choke on my tongue, end quote. So today I went to the dentist's office to get two fillings done on the lower left and also for her to check another filling where some of the filling fell out after it was just done two weeks ago. Long story short, she x-rays me and I need to get the filling redone. And I ask her if she can redo that along with the other two on the left side. Uh, let's see. She told me she didn't really want to do it at the same time because it isn't standard. I told her I would be extra careful regarding biting my tongue and whatnot. And if she was able to squeeze it in today, I don't mind being really numb. She tells me she can't because I could, quote, choke on my tongue. Well, I don't have a DDS or anything, but I do almost have a bachelor's in biology. (laughs) And, well, I sort of smelled BS uh, when she said it. You can't choke on your tongue, right, guys? I assume the reason for not wanting to numb both uh, is for me to not bite my tongue. If she did make it up, is it okay to lie to patients? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it absolutely, it's always okay it's to always lie to patients. Okay. By the way, that, that is, Josh, right off of Yahoo answers. That is such a my brother, my brother and me question. I, I almost wish they would have had the chance to see that one. It's written in the exact style that... Uh, they are looking for, I, I'm kind of the other way. You know, I, I'm always telling people that I will, I will give you $10,000 and a huge glass of water. I defy you to swallow your tongue. Go for it. Right. I'll give you an hour. Yeah. Go ahead. Try to swallow your tongue. Um, challenge accepted. I, I wonder why that is. It, it sounds like a recent graduate to me, the dentist, and uh-huh. they're kind of afraid of, you know, what they, I think she, I think the dentist actually thinks it might be able to, to happen it can't be this has to this to me reeks of did you ever have a patient who told you you know somebody comes in with a toothache or whatever and you're gonna pulp it or do the endo or whatever and the patient asks you well i thought i had to be on antibiotics first right the the patient sort of had that some dentist somewhere has told them they needed to be on on antibiotics first and i'm not talking about somebody like's really swollen and like you know, buckle space infection or anything, just like a normal irreversible pulpitis tooth. At some point, like some dentist was just running behind and yeah. didn't have time to do it. Right. And they made up that excuse like, oh, sorry, like, hey, I got to get you on antibiotics for a few days first. And then that's just like, okay, now I'm going to get you on the schedule in three or four days when I have the time to do it. That has to be what this was. They're just finding an excuse because they had to have been in the weeds schedule wise, right? I've definitely, I've definitely said to people, I need to have you on a antibiotics until, and I turn to my assistant and say, when's the next opening? She says Thursday at three. I need to have you on antibiotics that, till yeah, Thursday that, at three. Till Thursday. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 We can't, there's no way it'll get numb if we try to do it before that. 
Um, yeah, that, that has to be what no what they nobody who went to dental school and graduated and is now practicing could possibly think that they could choke on their tongue. Right, right. That, that's such bullshit. I mean, hell, just yesterday I pulled seventeen and thirty-two and at the same time. So it's it's literally at the same time, like one set of forceps in one hand and another set of forceps in both. And I said, "Watch this. That'd be awesome." <laughs> and then you twirled them in your in your hands like guns and put them back into your holster that you were wearing. Both of them God, at the same time. They were so smoking. Cool. They were smoking. I blew them. You what? Wait. <laughs> Isolate that audio. We're gonna get save that for later. Get that drop. <laughs> That's good. Say it one more time so we can get it clean. I kind of. Yeah, I, kinda <laughs> yeah, I need a clean read. <laughs> clean read on that one, Lance. I blew him. Um, <laughs> Again, wait. I I am somewhat I am somewhat envious of oral surgeons who are always working on sedated patients so they can mess around and do shit like that, like where they could literally like, hey, let me see if I can get both of these out at one time. <laughs> right. Like, let me let me try lefty on this one, and the patient's just asleep, and and you know you're just screwing around with your assistant because yeah. you're making twenty four hundred dollars for what literally is going to take you seven minutes yeah. to get out and and basically zero overhead. Right, Josh, I shit you not. Um, when my dad and I, the two years we practiced together, we had somebody where. It, it was two second molars that were coming out. And um, we actually told the patient who we knew, we're, we'll just do this at the same time to make it faster. And he said on one yes. side. Now, we didn't tell the patient we were racing. But my my dad's <laughs> my dad's challenge was always, you know, it was kind of like, remember, name that tune. I can name this in four notes. He'd always, he'd always yeah, say, yeah. I can get this out with two instruments. Or I would say that. And he'd say, I can get this out with one instrument. And and nice. he never right. he never wanted to dirty a bunch of instruments because he didn't realize you're supposed to sterilize them all after they're on the bracket table. He just thought you had to sterilize the one that uh, once you do yeah, once you actually you touch. So he would. So we actually did simultaneous extractions once on uh, on a patient, but I, I think he <laughs> went right to forceps, and I was elevating first just because that how it was. Tough. He actually did all the right the right procedures. Was he righty or was he lefty? He was a lefty as well, but he had no problem going over the other side and doing it left handed still. Nice. And he didn't use anesthesia, so, so he was, you know, he. <laughs> so, yeah, well, so he's done way. He's done way before you. You're you're still waiting on on consent. You're getting consent for 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 uh, eighteen, and he's uh, he's already I out. Would, I was already still out, taking already their the blood table. pressure, and, uh, and but he was so <laughs> nice. old school, he could give a shit. He just wanted there. <laughs> Here, I thought I was all impressive. I told my assistant, "Watch, I'm elevators only, no forceps." That's and, cool. Uh, That's cool too. That's a power move. Yeah, that um, that's a good one. The one that I love is um, I only have one set of rungers. Stupidly, <laughs> I'm, how much? How much are rungers? Two hundred bucks? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I'm, and maybe you could get a Carl Schumacher for three seventy five. Get go. real nice ones. Are those the black carbon ones? Yeah. What I love is like when I need a ranger, but I used it like earlier in that morning, and it's it's dirty. It hasn't been sterilized yet, and it's like. Shit! I the one instrument I need to get this thing out is not available. What can I use instead of that? And it's like, all right, give me some hemostats. Give me the <laughs> yeah. GC forceps. Or so sometimes that's a, a fun game too. Is like, all right, well, mm-hmm. I, I it would be really easy if I use that one instrument, but that instrument's not available. So, so how can I watch improvise? Me get this out otherwise, with an explorer. <laughs> that would that would be a uh, I would say type three mobility periodontally involved. That's the only kind I go for. That'd be a fun day, like at a free clinic or something like that, is to have a big <laughs> duffel bag full of instruments, and Lance has to just reach in and just grab one, 
and gives it to Josh, <laughs> and Josh has to get the tooth out with whatever instrument it might happen to be. And that's right. it, right? <laughs> Here's a mirror. <laughs> yeah, that, you hope you don't get the mirror. That's a tough one. Shit, Minnesota retractor. How am I going to do this? <laughs> that could work. Let's figure out some kind of yeah. leverage kind of deal, like let me like a lever arm, like a class kind of three lever. Yes, nice. or lever. Um, bilateral mandibular nerve blocks um, seem fairly routine. It's yeah. not my favorite thing to do. I don't love it, right? But. I mean, I would say at least once a week I'm doing it for some reason. Yeah. I mean, for scaling and replaning a lot. I mean, that's yeah. You know, I'm the whole freaking mouth, and no one's choking on their tongue. You know, what's even more um, badass than Lance taking out 17 and 32 at the same time is actually giving those blocks at the same time. That would be yeah. Cool. The, the, cro- mm. the crossed hands, the X that it forms. Yes. And you look, I like the look <laughs> of that. That's you know. That I went through really a phase, cool. Josh, where um, I would have a dental anesthesiologist come into. Glide well and put people under for bigger cases, but it's not the dream that you think it would be. Um, because it does always seem like, you know, I'm, I'm just, ho- I'm praying sometimes that the patient loses consciousness. You know, like if I could just cover their nose a little bit, maybe they'll <laughs> yeah. pass out so I can just finish this on the buckle where they're feeling it. But when, when patients go under, some weird things happen and one of them is the tongue starts swelling. And I've never really heard exactly why this happens, but you have to, you absolutely have to work. If somebody's under work on the mandibular arch first, because all of a sudden this tongue, which before maybe had like restless tongue syndrome, but now it just like swells into this huge pink queen size mattress that's getting in your way. (laughs) And then the impressions and, and even the bite registration, everything just seems a little more difficult when the patient can't can't cooperate. So as much of a dream as it seems like to just have unconscious patients all the time for restorative dentistry, it's actually a little bit difficult. And even just the throat pack in there, prep and posterior teeth and all that stuff. I don't know. It's just not, it's, it's not as awesome as you think it would be, or I thought it would be. Yeah. I could, I could totally see that. The thing that I think that, that sucks or that, that I think we look at as far as envious to oral surgeons is the efficiency at which they motor through cases like that. And, and, and the fact that they just don't really have, like they can sit in their long procedures they're doing in ORs and things like that. They're not sitting down for a long time to prep a bunch of teeth. Like we are, they're bouncing from room to room to room, which is more production every time they do it. Right. And so that's what like, God, that, that just seems really nice from a, uh, from a profitability standpoint. Yeah. And certainly that, that, you know, where you're not doing complicated restorative dentistry to put somebody on there and just go in there and start, you know, getting an elevator and they're just cranking on this thing. If there's no, you know, carries on it um, and doing things you probably couldn't do if they're awake, that seems like the dream, not necessarily doing, you know, the restorative dentistry once they're asleep. Let's see. Let's look at some of the uh, replies on here. Uh, one person, uh, Nashi Pear 007 says, sorry, she was wrong and needs to read more literature. Perhaps she felt uncomfortable doing it, but there's no safety issue. I suspect she genuinely believes there's a risk involved as opposed to lying to you. Why would she not want to treat you? Does it make sense? I think she just needs a bit of updated education. Um, I, I don't, I, th- I think this was a time thing. I really do. The other thing is that that filling that needs to be replaced on whatever the right side was done two weeks ago and part of it fell out like after two weeks 
Maybe she does. Maybe she does think yeah, that it's, you know, Maybe she might have. It's try, not very good. Try not to suck. <laughs> yeah. Not that I've, you know, I'm sure I've had something that's come out at some point. Like, really? You, know, but you think so? I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you haven't. Just say it. I mean, I know I've had feelings that have come out. I just don't know if I've had feelings that have come out after two, two weeks. weeks. Right, right, right. I remember I had a patient a few weeks ago who called back. He had come in because he like broke um, a DO on number 20 or something like that. And we replaced it. And they called like four days later and said, oh, it, it broke again. It came out again. And my office manager came in. And she's like, uh, Norman's on the phone. And he says that the filling came out. I was like, no, it, there's no way. Mm-hmm. It did not. It's another tooth. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's what I told him. He insists it's that one. I was like, I, I'll bet you $100 right now it's another tooth. And so she took the bet <laughs> and I took her money. It was absolutely another tooth. It was not that tooth. Exactly. Exactly. Almost always not. Now, that did, tooth. You, did you tell him it was a different tooth, or did you have your assistant? Because that's where I think an assistant can be really valuable. So it's not you like sounding defensive about your work. You know, if an assistant goes in there and checks it first and go, oh, no, that's a different one than we did. I think that is. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Way better. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think she put the x-rays up. It's like, here's the filling that we did the other day. You know, you could definitely see it. Uh, and then and then here's the, you know, the tooth in front of it that you broke or whatever. And then the, the thing I love after that is, uh, well, I guess my bite felt different. So that's probably what, you know, my bite fit, felt different after the filling. And so that's what broke the other tooth. Like, could have been that super big old amalgam that you had in there. It had to have been your bite that felt different. Mm-hmm. That uh, is what caused you to uh, to break break the other tooth. Yeah, the fact that, that Josh left the occlusion high on the composite would actually take that other tooth out of occlusion. You know, yes. it, it's, <laughs> not, it's not the opposite. It's not, it's not oh, sure. if he leaves in uh, hypo occlusion that, oh, it's putting so much stress on this one behind. It. It's just it just broke. Get over it, asshole. <laughs> Have you guys ever done a maxillary block, a division two block? Speaking of blocks, because we're talking here about lower blocks. Have you guys ever done a division two block? Like a V two? Yeah. Yeah. The one like sure. like where you hub a, a needle like in the in the palate yeah, like through. Yeah. That's a bitch of an injection. Mike, have you ever done one of those? Not intentionally. Yes, I've done one. <laughs> I've done one, but not intentionally. Did I ever tell you about the time we were doing some charity dentistry in Mexico and the helicopter pilot, I mean the airplane pilot who flew us down there wanted to extract a tooth? This was like his dream. Like when I <laughs> when I got out of school, I wanted to get my pilot's license. His dream, it turns out, was to extract a tooth. So I said, sure. And I numbed at the patient. He took it out. It was like some periodontally involved, like nine and 10. So it came right out. He goes, that was really cool. Then he wanted to know if he could numb somebody. And I said, yeah, we'll do an easy one. We'll do another anterior one. And so he was numbing up like, you know, tooth again on someone else, like seven and eight. And uh, he started. And I go, there you go. That's good. Just slowly give it right now. And he goes, hey, should this be happening? And you could see the anesthetic running down on the outside of the patient's lip because the tip of the needle wasn't angulated to like match the way the way the root was going it was kind of more straight up and down. I was like, no, we're going to want to back that off a little and stay within the tissue itself. <laughs> that, so that was a, that was the worst injection I've ever seen. But he's an airline pilot. But no, I, I, I know that, you know, Josh, that online you can watch me. There's video of me giving my first Gal Gates and my first AMSA. Um, online, we filmed those at Glidewell and put them on there. But no, I've never done a, and those were great. I had a, I had a local anesthesia instructor from Washington who was taking a tour at Glidewell, and she sat down with me and um, and showed me how to do it. And that was and we recently, it. right? I mean, that was towards the, the close to kind of the end of your Glidewell. Yeah, that time, was like, wasn't it? like three, probably three or four years ago, and uh, it was really cool. We got a skull out, and she went over the all the anatomical landmarks, and then we actually did it on one of the Glidewell employees, <laughs> and it worked well. But no, I've, <laughs> I've never done. 
um, a V2. It's funny. My, my best friend who's now in New Zealand, um, runs an emergency room down there and used to do that here in the States. Turns out ER doctors, the one thing they're terrified of is intraoral injections. And, uh, yeah. they're just freaked out about because it's so vascular. They have no idea where to go if they had to give one when somebody comes in and they're in pain or something. And, but meanwhile, they'll give extra oral ones you know, infraorbitals and all kinds of things all over the face and could care less about those. And those are the ones that I think is Dennis with maybe the exception of Botox, we'd be freaked out about. But when are you doing that maxillary division two block? What's that for? I've had to do one and it was like a super hot endo tooth that I couldn't get numb, like with three or four carpules of septicane. And I was like, shit, this is like the the next thing is the only thing I can do. Mm-hmm. And, and like, just like I guess a lot of dentists nowadays do, like went online and looked at how to do it, and then went in the operatory and did it, and uh, <laughs> it got him numb. Like it got the literally the whole half of his face numb, yeah. um, and that was the only thing that would do it. That's the only thing that calmed that tooth down. I still remember to this day. I remember the patient's name, um, and I remember doing it. And I remember you basically hub a needle. Yeah into the hard palate like you find that you know that one little orifice and you hub the needle in there the greater palatine canal is that the orifice you're talking about yeah Mm -hmm. that's it that's the one you aim for and you find it and and you kind of like sound for it and then you'll feel your your needle drop into it and when you look at it kind of on a skull like where you're going like you're you're not that far from the eye oh man i'm like i'm glad i didn't know that until afterwards (laughs) yeah ignorance you're really pretty close to the lower part of the orbit and if you used a needle that was a little bit too long or there was some slight, you know, anatomical variation, you like you could be flirting with that. And that's that's not not a good idea. But I, like emergency room physicians, they do crazy, you know, they, they like do chest tubes and crazy stuff like that all the time. And like a block, you know, to them is is, is crazy. And I've, t- I've talked to them about it, too. You think that would be something you hear about all these 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 toothaches that go into the ER because they don't have anywhere else to go. Uh-huh. You would think just like, man, let's teach these guys the skills to at least numb them up with some Marcane. Now, it's, you know, what's, what's crazy is these MDs, they like have mad respect for dentists. So I'm having a my you know vasectomy and the dude was you know getting everything numb. And then I told him I was a dentist and he's like, oh my God, that's that's amazing. You you know what your anatomy and everything. He just kind of goes for a region and seemed impressed. I'm like, um, you know where you're getting me numb though, right? Yeah. And, it sounds like this guy knew yeah. your anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed to work because I was, I was like a little scared, but it worked. It was fine. He's like, don't worry. I did Mr. Belvedere's. It's <laughs> exactly. going to be fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I had that same thing done and I was a little disappointed that my guy didn't use any kind of topical. He told me at the consultation <laughs> he didn't use topical. So I, I did it myself. I, I, yeah. I put that PFG gel on and I wrapped my balls in saran wrap like three days ahead of time. I wasn't taking any chances. I, for sure. That's smart. Did it actually help? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like you, you can put, you can put those, um, you know, those tetracaine, prilocaine, lidocaine ointments on uh-huh. and put essentially saran wrap over it, just some sort of barrier. And you can go get a tattoo and not feel a thing. That's crazy. I would have <laughs> never thought. I mean, you know, that's I would figure it worked for surface skin, but they're, you know, injecting. It seems like deeper than that. Oh, for well, that kind of I mean, procedure. Yeah, you, you don't you don't feel the needle go in. I mean, there's there's still probably going to be a little bit of uh a burn yeah, after but afterwards, but yeah. they're not going, they're not going too deep. I think they just need to worry 
about the surface of the scrotum. I don't think there's a lot of nerve endings in the vas deferens itself. See, that's where he was <laughs> like totally impressed because there's not a lot of nerves down there compared to all of the nerves anatomy in the oral cavity. And so, like, we we know so much more than they do about nerves, which doesn't make sense. Unless they're a neurologist, in which case they know way more than they, they do well, about they, nerves. Lots. Did your guy, Lance, yeah. did he wear loops while he was doing it? He didn't need to. It was... <laughs> But he used those that remember that that device that was like a jet. There was no needle involved, but it like just squirted under pressure. Oh, the super and soaker or whatever that thing is that <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So it just like sprayed anesthesia. It goes right through the scrotum and out the other side. Oh, nice. So yeah, that seems like it would hurt more than a needle. That, is that I was expecting? Is that called a Prince Albert? Or is that something different? <laughs> In a can? <laughs> no, you can, now you have a piercing now. If it went all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> you you could just hang something there. You can. Lance does have was, issues with his parents, yeah. so it wouldn't surprise me if he has aggressive piercings <laughs> in his. Uh, Lance, I a loop. not only did my guy not need loops, he he went out and came back on with negative three X loops because it it just <laughs> did, it didn't even look human. He's like like this is this is all too big. I can't get it in my field of, yeah. of focus. So he had to use the negative loops, and then he used on me. He actually used like a um, an electrosurgery unit. You didn't have something like that used? Yeah, yeah. I oh, did. Okay, so you got to smell that. Yeah. You got to smell your own burning that, tissue. That was, and, and how's this? How's this? My wife wanted to be in the room just to make sure it actually happened. Oh, uh, wh- why? That's Did crazy. you think you were going to slip the guy a hundred bucks and just like drink in the room? I have, like, no, oh, idea. Yeah. I have no idea. But she wanted to make sure that it damn happened because she was done. Well, th- yeah, but this is your <laughs> license to cheat without repercussions for the rest of your I life. Know. That's it's t- it's exactly. crazy that th- she's insisting on that. I know. I'm a fucking I mean, other, cat. Other than chlamydia, right. I mean, there are those repercussions. <laughs> well, there's that. That never lasts 18 <laughs> years, though. No, no, no. That is true. But I told her, I'm like, yeah, I'm a tomcat. I'm I got, I got the license. I'm out. No, no one ever complains about chlamydia support (laughs) that is true that is very true very true so uh thick hotel um i think you got you got sold a line of bullshit by your dentist um they they can't possibly think this and if they do please send us their name so that we can mock them we have to public shame to no this end. one. Yeah, this one's... We need to public shame them if that's really the case. This had to have been a scheduling thing. They just didn't want... Either didn't want to work or, or couldn't fit you in And just day. to be clear, um, I'm pretty sure you can swallow somebody else's tongue. I just I just <laughs> don't think it can be your own. I think there's something in the brain that stops you. But if I cut one off of somebody else, like which I think is called a Peruvian necktie, but I'm not sure... Um, that I think you would be able to do. You could swallow somebody else's. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I. That's a delicacy in some places, right? The beef tongue uh, is that uh, is that a Jewish delicacy? I believe. Sure. Oh, I don't know that. Is it? Is it our ox tongue? Um, let's see, beef tongue. Oxtail soup. I got that. Yeah. Beef tongue Jewish recipe is a Google search. Let's see what it shows. Uh-oh. It's going to show a girl on the Weather Channel. Yeah, kosher recipes. Oh. Yeah, so it looks like it. Lo- yeah, at, at a bunch of Jewish delis, you can get beef tongue. Um, let's see yeah. what it looks like. I know. It looks like cold yeah, cuts. Oh, when it's it's sliced thin. Yeah, sliced. Mm, I like- yeah, it looks like cold cuts. You know, I'm not a big fan. I don't know where you guys fall on this. I. Um, I wish we could get the chefs, chefs of the world together. Stop serving me fish with the head still on it and the eye 
the smoky eye. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't need, need to see that smoky sure. eye looking up at me. I don't need the head. I don't need what other animal gets served kind of intact like that. It's it's kind of disgusting. It's duck is the only thing. It's duck and and uh, and fish. It's all bad. And I guess prawns and lobster. But yeah, it's I don't need it. I do not need it. Yeah, that seems lower on the food chain, but. You know, it's a big thing, I think, for modern chefs to take the most disgusting, most tough, yeah. toughest cut of meat and then braise it for for nine days and then and then brag about, ooh, this beef tongue is delectable. It really? Is it as good? <laughs> is it as good as filet mignon? Right, right. Mike, you'll enjoy this. We uh, I was in Vegas last week for a PDS yeah. meeting um, and I went to uh, Momofuku and had the uh, salt and pepper uh, lobster, which is just, it's might be the best thing I've ever had. And, and God, next time you, next time you're in Vegas, you have got to go to Momofuku and, uh, and get the, the salt and pepper lobster. It's just out of this world. Good. I have not had that there, um, before, but certainly had other things at the ones in New York. And I'm going to recommend you watch, um, a new series on Netflix with David Chang called ugly delicious. And, uh, I've heard of some it. Very yeah. Interesting, um, hmm. episodes there. And, uh, it was great. I, Lindsay and I binge watched, you know, four, four or five of them uh, the other day, and he's a he's a fascinating, stubborn guy. Who I it's 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 funny to hear his friends all complain about how hard it is to be around him. But uh, yeah, he's he's his reputation is he's a total asshole, right? Um, he's just stubborn and inflexible. So I don't know if if that makes him you know a total asshole, but it's a, just a very interestingly done. Um, show like one of the intro sequences to one of the episodes is him making this meal and they show him like, you know, kind of these fetishized shots of him, like chopping things really close up. And then all of a sudden he like um, unexpectedly cuts his thumb off and it starts bleeding and squirting all over the place. And they make, and it turns Quentin Tarantino kind of comedy esque as he's, Doing this, but you just don't expect that they're going to do this kind of whole artistic stunt where he starts spraying the room with blood in a very kind of artistic way. And uh, it's just <laughs> funny to see they're willing to kind of take chances like that. And it's not just another cooking show. So I think you guys would enjoy it. Nice. nice. I will check it out. Well, uh, I think we've helped a few uh, a few Redditors here today. Sure? Mike, we appreciate you coming on. You were awesome. We have a tradition uh, here on the show that we uh, totally ripped off from the Accidental Geniuses, which is where uh, we uh, have uh, our guest pick a song uh, at the end of the show. Could be a song that's hot on your playlist right now. Could be your favorite song of all time. Uh, could be the song that you uh, was on the radio or was on on uh, playing the last time you and Lindsay laid in in a uh, loving embrace uh, with each other. Uh, wh- whatever you want to uh, to pick, uh, The World is Your Oyster. That's actually the name of the song I want to pick. It's called The World is Your Oyster. No, um, this is this is from um, this is just on my mind because um, have you talked about Josh on the show, how you've recently started therapy? Uh, not a lot. No, I, in fact, not at all. I've, I've, I've been a couple times. So I haven't brought it up, uh, entirely yet. I just wrote something for the new dental hacks website that's coming out, uh, about, uh, about a, some depressive stuff. Um, and so, yeah, at some point, uh, we, we may get into that. All right. Well, bit. sorry to out you first of all. No, that's um, okay. Second of all, I was I was going to see my um, therapist today. Um, you know, I, I love just working on kind of everyday issues with her as I kind of go through this change in my life. Lance, I don't know if you know, but I'm going through menopause. Um, and so I like mm. to be able to go in and, and talk about it. And uh, 
So before I go, Josh, there's times where I'll be driving there and I can just feel that like, um, like the mic shtick is working right now. And it's like, no, I, I don't want to go in like this. I want to be like it in a place where I can kind of be a little more vulnerable and a little more honest. And so there's certain music that I can listen to that, that just kind of opens me up, um, emotionally. And, uh, and on the way there today, I just thought of an album. I was like, God, I haven't listened to that in like eight years. And I played it and, uh, it, it was, you know, very moving and, uh, it got me to a great place of just being able to go in there. And, um, <laughs> the, the first thing she had me do today was, uh, you had to update some paperwork. You know, I've been seeing her for like four or five years and this is, this is like a California thing. So it's kind of like us having to put something on our health history, um, and having patients sign new paperwork. But this was just an update that all of our patients had to sign to let you know that if you happen to mention child pornography or something having to do with <laughs> guns in there, that she was allowed to actually tell law enforcement about it without your permission. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, I, I have a lot of uh, addictions, but those don't happen to be two of them. So I'm happy to sign this unless you, you know, I didn't know she was like actually <laughs> profiling people and maybe it, she swears everybody got it. But, um, and so I, I was able to go in there in a good state of mind. So this is, um, by a band called Eels, E-E-L-S, like the Eel nice. David Chang would serve. And it's, yes. uh, it's a guy named Mark Everett who performs his Eels and it's their album called Electroshock Blues. He had just lost his mother to cancer. That's perfect for going to see a mental health therapist is an album called Electroshock Blues. And so his mother had died of cancer. And then his sister, who was about his same age, has died, died of cancer. His sister, Elizabeth. And that's what this album is kind of about. And so it by the end of it, it kind of gets happy and he's ready to start living again. Uh, But from the uh, first third of the album he's got a little ditty it's a cool little acoustic number that one of the few songs with some major chords in it but it's kind of expressing his frustration at not really knowing what's going on with his sister's illness and it's called three speed and it refers to a three speed bike that you hear about uh it's kind of some uh moments kind of from his childhood interspersed with his frustration so it's a cool little song but um it's called three speed from electroshock blues by eels and so i know i can always count on you to know where a band is from uh, he's from los angeles he's uh Lo- los feliz <laughs> i'm assuming that's a, a suburb of uh of los yes, angeles it's kind of the hipster enclave next to uh yeah, there's a few other places like that, like Eagle Rock, right where I went to school. That's right by like uh, Occidental College, and okay. it was a shithole back then. Uh, but as Adam talks about all the time, the gays moved in, reclaimed it, and it's, oh, a, and it's so really cool. It's a really nice place with a bunch of great restaurants. Nice. Well, this is uh, Three Speed uh, by the Eels. Uh, and for uh, Mike Detola and Lance Timmerman, uh, this is Joshua Austin. Peace. Down on Spring Hill Road, meeting Alfred out in the woods. 
dogs bark and mosquitoes bite Scratching the itch that makes it feel good And I looked into the mirror last night All I saw was a pretty blonde Why won't you just tell me what's going on? Life is funny, but not ha-ha funny Peculiar, I guess You think I got it all going my way Why am I such a fucking mess? Why won't you just tell me what's going on? 